0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your host, Norman Murray. Welcome to another episode of the Building Bridges podcast. For my regular listeners, I appreciate you and your support. But to those first timers, we're on about 20 different podcast platforms, including over in India. Just search for us by Building Bridges, one act of love at a time. If you want to hear and view some additional content, there is a link right under the description of this episode. All right, let's build a bridge. Here's the deal, man. Uh when I heard about you and I heard about your testimony, man, I heard about your story, man. It was it, it intrigued me. And I knew it was something that the people needed to hear. I knew it was something that uh only you could tell the story, right? So I'm sure it, it feels like that in the book as well. But uh, we're just gonna talk about you, man. We're gonna talk about the goodness of the Lord, we're gonna talk about you, we're gonna chop it up about whatever topic comes up, man. We're gonna talk about life. You know what I mean? Man. man. Is that good that's good that's good that's good so everybody out there whoever is on right now i need y'all to go ahead and share this right now put it out there oh uh, look at that the first the, our first comment is my wife uh she's back in virginia she says welcome joe i so, appreciate uh, you thank you absolutely absolutely so joe tell the people a little bit about yourself introduce yourself to the world man
1: so again my name is joel carroll I'm a 43 year old recovering drug addict and alcoholic. I also lived a life that was traumatic mm. by choice. I allowed myself will to run wild, especially in my early teens up until my, my mid 30s. Mm. I always wanted to fit in everywhere I went, traveling the world. My father was in the military. So it was an, it was. A life full of anxiety and depression every time we had to move around. But once I got into Northern Virginia in the Mm. early 90s, that's where we ended up staying for a long time. And that's where I ended up choosing a lifestyle for myself. Right. That did not involve academics, did not involve living a straight and narrow path or wanting to go to college or anything like that. I picked up that alcohol and that just took me on a 19-year road of chaos it was nothing short of chaos
0: wow 19 years man 19 you know you just said something man that just stuck out to me you said by choice and um how hard was that or how long did it take you to compartmentalize and really decide and come up with the understanding that it was nobody's fault but you took ownership of that
1: i didn't take ownership of anything until I was in Florida in 1999-2000 broke to a jewelry store. Wow. The first time I ever made a decision for somebody else that wasn't me and 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 looking out for myself but turning myself in when I was in Polk County, Florida and my father at the time working at the Pentagon he was going to lose his security clearance. Because I was a, a, a gang member. I was a convicted felon. My name was out there that I was part of this jewelry store um, break-in or heist. So I turned myself in. And that was the first time I ever did anything. And I took accountability for my actions. But when I got out from being incarcerated, after I turned myself in, I ended up going straight back to self-will. And the interesting mm. thing about the being incarcerated in Manassas was... I did a six month faith-based program. It was God driven. And it wow. was, the, the timing was impeccable, but immediately when I discharged from from being incarcerated, the temptations of life and the temptations of the flesh immediately went right back. And I went back to doing myself will. I, I, everything that I learned, it, it didn't go to waste when I was in that program. I knew about God since I was a child. I believed in God since I was a child, but I didn't start following God until
0: 2013. Wow, that's a that's a pretty uh hefty journey. It's a pretty uh man, 19 years, and I, I, I got to just be honest with you, man. I'm I'm impressed, and I'm always. Um, enthusiastic at the same time about when somebody does take ownership and understand that hey you know what this is something that i did this is something that i i made a choice for but then at the same time still was around that the lord blessed you long enough to stick around and figure out that you had to get it right you know and a lot of times people don't want to admit that They've done things in their lives that have caused them to to, to bring down. I don't even want to use the word shame. I want to say the word. uh, uh, Bring turmoil to themselves. Right. And it's no different than I know you're a follower of Christ and it's no different when we don't follow what Christ asks us to do. We're doing the same thing. We're essentially telling God to to back off me because we're saying I got it. I can figure it out. I can do it on my own. Right. And so the next question I want to ask you is that as we go in and you were talking about the 19 years, what impact, if any, did that have on your immediate family and then maybe some of your extended family, like mother, brother, you know, sisters, father, you know, whoever.
1: So my life that I ran wild for all that time, it was brutal because while I was in high school, I was pulled out of high school because of violent acts that I had committed inside the high school. So my, my parents pulled me out and they sent me to Arizona. That was in 97. And I got passed around in a, in, a, in a cry for help from my parents. Please help our son. We can't control him. The Schools can't control him. Please do everything you can to help him out that hopefully he'll become a young, reliable man. Well, right. What happened was I traveled from relative to relative in the Southwest. Stealing, doing drugs just continuously doing those things that i did at the forefront i was calm i was polite very clean but there was another side to me when nobody was watching i was continuously struggling with wanting to be accepted you know, at that point, I was laying low because I had did some things in Virginia when I was in high school outside of the school. But when the Lord allowed the devil to tempt me, I would immediately, my, my, my will would fall weak and I would pick up spray paint, start huffing spray paint. I'd pick up methamphetamine in the 90s while being in Tucson before I went right. back to Virginia. So my mother and father, they were broken. You know, I'm a mama's boy. And my mom was broken. She prayed for uh, decades that she would get her son back. My father was so stressed out because my mother was stressed out and both of them just wanted me back. My older sister, she was living her own life and changing her life into being a reliable mother and a mom and and not hanging out with that crowd that she did in high school. Different high schools than than I went to. Grandparents broke their heart. They, They opened their door to me. And when I went out there, again, I was very calm and considerate at the forefront. But when they left, I went through their house and I stole their guns, you know, I wow. put one back. I was just living a life of chaos. And in the girlfriends, girlfriend after girlfriend, after girlfriend, after girlfriend, after girlfriend, the majority of them, 90% of the girlfriends I've ever had, never had a father in their life. Wow. And their mothers were in the church. So I'd be in Northern Virginia going to church services on Sundays but then I destroyed their their daughter's spirits and just ran through their life, leaving them to pick that up because they were like they were in shock. Like, what the heck has happened in the last two years? Right. What did this dude just come in and do to my life? I broke them, right. you know. And and then I get married. Mm. I get married. I have a beautiful daughter in Virginia right now with her right. mom. She's twenty two years old. The thought of being reliable, it was amazing. It, was, it right. was fascinating to be a reliable man to my daughter and her mom. The reality was that I felt I didn't have it in me to change my life. I wouldn't, my ego and my pride would not allow me mm. to change my life because of what other people thought of me and that I cared so much about what other people thought of me. And then there's some brain trauma and head trauma that Went in with some things that happened. he throwing throw in the, the PTSD from things that happened. I felt like nobody could understand. Nobody could fathom the experiences that I had. And then I just gathered, gathered thousands and thousands of resentments. So right. I shut my parents off. I shut my sister off. I shut my daughter and her mom and her family off. And Then eventually down the road, moving from VA to Shreveport, Louisiana, all the way through to the desert, I shut my wife and my two sons off. Wow. And that was this uh suicide mission at that point.
0: Right. Man, that's incredible, man. And 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 to see you standing here today, man, or sitting here today, because I know you're sitting down. <laughs> but uh, uh that's incredible. That's an incredible testimony and in what of what God has done for you. And the truth of the matter is you haven't even scratched the surface on what you could tell the people what you went through, right? On a daily basis. And um, uh, and I'm gonna take that as a as a segue. And to what I know, some of what you went through and some of it was alcohol abuse and and drug abuse as well. Um, uh, I don't want to put you on a spot, but if you want to talk to the people about the type of uh, substance abuse that you did and, and, and what type of effect, if any, did it have on your person, on, on your body and how did that transpire?
1: So mid 90s, I picked up alcohol. I didn't have to go far. I reached in my mommy and daddy's liquor cabinet. I reached down. I poured it in a cup, stole my mom cigarettes out of the ashtray. And then I went to mm-hmm. a bus stop in Northern Virginia. I took wow. a sip. The second I took a sip, you're talking like a 4'11", 5' 80 pound kid going to high school. As soon as I drank that, I went up on the bus. And next thing you know, I'm talking to girls. I'm walking around. I'm dancing to right. go-go music. Like I'm just doing my thing. And it just, it gave me a confidence that I had never had before. But what happened was I wasn't able to ever put it down. Right. And detoxing on my own for 17 years. I'm, I'm one that drinks and doesn't eat. I'll go right. to a fish fry in Louisiana and I won't eat none of that good food. I'll right. go to a barbecue and I won't eat any of the good food. I was a chef at the Ritz Carlton hmm. and I wouldn't eat. So it took its toll on me big time. And I'd wake up in the morning, i just start drinking more. And whether it was moonshine, corn liquor that was still warm in the mason jar. Got it from my buddy's granddaddy down in just north of Manassas, Virginia. It was still warm. I would open right. that up, gag because it was so potent. And then I would drink it and share it with my my people. And then we would just right. turn into maniacs. Yeah. But then it came the formaldehyde. Drive across the bridge to Washington, D.C., dip my cigarettes in and aldehyde, let it dry up and then i would smoke that i did that for years
0: right now let me That's ask you it, though in 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 the course of doing that right because what a lot of people some people don't understand is that how potent the drug is and how it can and will take over your life if you allow it to but during the course of that i'm sure you may have seen some some people die right did that never deter you or was the drug just that powerful was the alcohol was the abuse of what you were going through had that much of a hold over you
1: it just gave me another reason to drink and use Mm. so-and-so died so-and-so committed suicide because they couldn't take the the pain and the anguish from being an addict or an alcoholic anymore so it gave me personally from my experience it just gave me another reason to pick up a different drug Like, I'm sad now, I need to pick up and I need to use because it's all about me. Right. I I heard a pastor speak about in the Old Testament where there was witch doctors and sorcerers and how they created potions. And then they Mm. would put these ingredients, they would construct this potion, they would feed it to the weak-minded. The individuals that were close with God weren't anywhere around to take that potion. They're like, I don't need that. I don't need that potion. I'm good. I got God in my life. The weak minded right. individual takes that potion. And as soon as the weak minded individual takes the potion, they're cursed. It was right. a lie. Mm. It does make them feel better. In the long run, their pain in their back doesn't hurt the, the stress. They can't even think no more because they're numb. What happens is they get stuck on the curse and there's not meant to be a cure for that. Thousands and thousands of years later is now it's a drug. It's called a drug. It's just the right. potion
0: that's all it is man that you're you're 100 right and just very quickly man we we, we've got a few more uh viewers out here and I just want to remind the people of who and uh what we're talking about and today my guest on building bridges is none other than Joel Carroll he is the author of the book of Joel and what we're talking about uh here today is a little bit of what he's gone through in his lifetime as far as drug addiction depression ptsd anxiety alcohol addiction and 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 how some of these things took tried to take him out because it didn't take you out brother you know and that how the recovery process it is possible now i'm sure it took some work but i just wanted to make sure that the people at home understood the new folks coming in understood what we were talking about today and speaking of that sir let's talk about that so when Did it dawn on you That enough was enough Cause I got a two part to this question But when did you when, it, when did it dawn on you that something Something's not right I have to stop what I'm doing
1: 2013 At the beginning I was going to commit suicide
0: mm.
1: That was after years of Crack addiction Methamphetamine addiction Heroin here and there A lot of Uh ecstasy pills lsd mm. but i did something to a loved one violently and they put me in a psych hospital and I ended up going to in and out of psych hospitals off and on for two years wow and when somebody forced me literally in handcuffs to go to these hospitals or a jail I had opposition to fight disorder. So you tell me not to put my finger in the light socket. I was going to rip the light socket off the wall wow. well, as, a, as a young man or as a child trying to become a young man. I was going to commit suicide and I ended up willingly on my own walking into a psych hospital to take the medications. The doctors were trying to get me on for years for bipolar intermittent explosive disorder generalized anxiety disorder, depression, wow. PTSD from being kidnapped, car accidents, a lot of stuff. Um, right. And I was sitting, and I, was, I was incarcerated. I was going back and forth between Pima County Jail and the psych hospitals. And I remember not being able to get food when I was incarcerated. I get my three meals, but that wasn't enough. I mean, a hundred, a, 107 pounds. Wow. to 113 pounds as a 34 year old man on meth now that I don't have means to food you know you don't know what you got till it's gone type situation like now I don't have the option to go to a church to get food because I was homeless Right. that option's out the window now I don't even have that option to go beg for food mm. and it really destroyed me and I didn't want to starve to death living in America
0: Man, that's um that's amazing. And 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 I gotta tell you that I am seriously blown away by your transparency, my brother. And I promise you that this is helping someone. There's someone out there tonight, whether they're watching us live or they watch us two years from now, right? Because when it's on yeah. the internet, it ain't coming off, right? But somebody's gonna benefit from what you're saying because there's somebody there right now that hasn't uh decided or it hasn't hit them yet that they have hit rock bottom and that if they don't make a change that they're gonna potentially die in their sins um god bless you evangelist bland for watching tonight and and my my brother joe you have a friend out there philip figueroa he says he loves you my brother and he's immensely proud of you man so that's my man uh, god bless all of you for tu- for tuning in and watching tonight uh man we just trying to build bridges and we're trying to help folk that's what we're trying to do and and i believe that the lord is going to bless us in doing just that now as you just went through that saga there had to have been a time that either someone talked to you what was the opening for you where was the door that led you to christ in the, in the center of this Whirlwind that you were in
1: It's called the Salvation Army Rehabilitation Center For Men To thine own self be true I knew part of my addiction was females mm. I was married at the time To a wonderful woman But that curse that I kept taking pull, Pulled me away Further and further into the dark And women became part of that addiction So I didn't want to go to a rehab Where there was women So I needed an all men's rehab and the Salvation Army in Tucson was there, 86 men, structure, God, church, sponsorship, 12-step programs, mm. the Lord. Amen. And I went through that program twice and went back, and all that stuff I talked about went on for another year. But I showed back up at that door because I didn't want to go anywhere else. I needed God. I needed structure. And they allowed me mm. to open that door for me again to my life and that's where i got down and handed my will over to god
0: amen you know you you said something that's uh that stuck out with me right you said the salvation army and i want people at home to understand and know that uh what you were going through it wasn't just a substance abuse right some of it was mental because you said they kept putting you in a psych ward and things of that nature but depression is real. And I want to say that tonight to to the saints of God who who I know that we we know that we rely on the Lord and we look up from whence cometh our help. We understand that. But don't think for a minute that depression and PTSD don't think that it's not real. The Bible also tells us to use wisdom. As a matter of fact, in the book of Proverbs tells us that wisdom is more precious than rubies and gold anything of that nature you see what i'm saying so we still have to use wisdom in the in our decision making process and if you're down and out i want to tell everybody if you can latch on to somebody that not only knows the lord but has a way to help you and they're willing to stretch their hand out to you take that hand you know and so i i applaud you I applaud you for sticking in there again. I applaud you for for your for your faithfulness and your transparency tonight. Um, we got a couple of comments here, and I definitely want, want want to read them to you, Joe. If that's all right with you, all right? Praise God for doing this. It's helping her uh, 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 sister Waller from my church is dealing with her granddaughter and uh, her granddaughter and her niece, right? my amen. wife now Shelby she's saying this is such a powerful story please keep telling it because I'm sure it will help others amen amen evangelist bland god bless you evangelist uh haven't talked to you in a while but I thank you for tuning in and she said that she had a that was on both sides of the substance abuse coin illegal pharmaceutical distributor and overuse of alcohol both are deceased now one murdered and one was buried as a John Doe so you see what I'm saying? So what you're doing tonight, brother, I, I'm I am um I'm indebted to you for you allowing God to use you uh to come onto my platform, right? To building bridges and help me build bridges, just like my shirt says, help me build a bridge. Let's connect Amen. right, yes, let's sir. build a bridge, right? And so I'm appreciative of that. And so I want to dig a little bit deeper into the church side because one of the things that attracted me. wanting to interview you and talk to you and come bring you on building bridges was that the fact that um you were saved that you now walk with christ and i don't take it lightly and the truth be told there are people out here watching that, that that are not but it doesn't mean they can't be helped by this conversation and so talk to me a little bit about that is there one particular person or a few people not so much if you don't want to call their names that's okay but is there something what was that that impactful thing that had you to come to christ and then there there was a transition period but when you finally said okay this is it and now i have this person in my corner
1: you know of course outside of jesus christ so the salvation army as a whole it's on the worst street in southern arizona it's the worst two mile radius in the state. It's just violent, but then you have the sanctuary for men that mm. it's locked from the outside. Folks can't walk in, but if we decide that it's we're not ready for it, or they're not ready to hear the word of God because it's just too powerful and they're ashamed,
2: right?
1: They can walk out. We can walk out.
2: Mm.
1: Walking into that building, we could feel the Holy Spirit. There's right. different men from different walks of life, different races. It didn't matter. It was God. It was. It was. It was the Lord. It was driven by the Holy Spirit. And as a unit, we looked out for one another the entire time. Like it was just incredible. And they shut it down in 2019. But right. I still go there to do a faith-based 12-step recovery through the Bible. Okay. And it's Amen. incredible. So as a unit for folks, I had a brother that I haven't spoken to in about three years. And he was with me. Every Wednesday at chapel, he would drive me to his house, we would do a 12 step meeting in his backyard for all the men, and it grew. And I became one of the leaders of that meeting. I haven't spoken to him in a while, you know, I pray about him all the time, hopefully he's doing well. Amen. But really, it's the church, man. It's it's the Salvation Army as a unit that really got me just, I'm telling you, it, it really,
0: amen Amen. transform
1: me into a reliable human being it it really did
0: that's a great word you just used trans transform right because that's what we should be doing right being renewed by the transforming of your mind right that's what the word of god Mm -hmm. says and so so we're 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 thankful we're thankful to the salvation army and other uh facilities that look out for people and 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 try to help people and again i want to be clear about this whether they're faith-based or not getting help is important getting to a place that can help you is important but it's also uh critical for those of us that believe one thing about me joe Joel, is that i will uh openly admit right and i'll talk to the brothers i'll talk to whoever wants to talk about Positivity and wants to talk about uh, 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 needing help and, and putting them in the right direction to help somebody, but I'm never going to beat anybody up with the Bible. I'm never going to going to push and prod. Right? That's not my. That's not my job. That's not our jobs to win souls to Christ. To win souls to Christ, we have to love people. We have to love on them. We have to help them both naturally and spiritually. We have to be able to provide both, and sometimes. You speaking the word isn't what they need at that moment. Sometimes we understand that the Bible also tells us, oh, oh, Lord, I, oh thank you, Jesus. Somebody's got to plant a seed. Somebody's got to water the seed. But ultimately, it's God that's going to give the increase. So sometimes we have to know our roles in somebody's life. You know, as we deal with people and we talk to them and, and we give them the word and sometimes it's just a smile. Maybe that smile today, you were the only person that said good morning to them and it helped them get through that day, get through that moment, whatever they were going through. And that was the seed or maybe it was the water. But either way, you know, and, and then you love on people. I got to get to some of these comments brother man the people are loving this man uh monica uh, uh evangelist bland said that in that same journey when she talked about her two brothers they were exposed to the gospel of christ during that time Ooh. uh another person uh uh brian leslie god bless you uh i wish my son would sit and listen to to his story don't worry we go it's 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 recorded so if you want to <laughs> share it we can go back and we'll get you the youtube link at the end and and, and make sure that that you have it uh your, your boy, Phil, said uh, South 6 Ave. Yes, I'm, sir. I'm assuming you know exactly what that meant. Amen. Yes. Um, now, look at this. Uh, Evangelist Bland said, because of my brother's death, I sought out a way to minister to those who were in the struggle. God Amen. opened the door for her to provide nutrition, education for five years to help those in recovery recover their health. You see, man, God bless extreme. you amen right it's a two-way street it's not just the spiritual side we got to feed the natural man and we got to feed the spiritual man and we have to find ways to 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 bring that together amen uh let me get two two more before i go on i just met this brother here brother eugene nelson on, on online as well you know through through my audio podcast he does something very similar god bless you brother community is strength that's where we find our power and confidence great way to turn your trauma into a testimony god bless the people amen family, man. Yes, amen. Sir. amen the ark is closed, it's uh, closed. That's like. <laughs> amen amen all right so so let's go a little bit further sir today let's talk about today what are you doing today where are you at today where's your life at watch this this is a another question are you still in recovery?
1: Every day till I move on to the kingdom of heaven. Come on now. Every day. I'm not recovered. I'll never be recovered. Mm. You know, if I was recovered, I wouldn't look back in little snippets of my past to be able to pull each, for each person. I work in the behavioral health system. Mm. I've been working in this system since 2015. By the grace of God, as a convicted felon, as somebody has... Traumatic brain injuries and a 19 year battle with addiction. They hired me to go into these buildings with men, women and children to share my experience, strength and hope with them. My experience is all those years of the trauma and just, you know, getting kidnapped, getting hit in the head at a go-go and having my skull broken and just the thousands of little stories like that. But then find where's my strength? Salvation Hmm. Army. What did it do for you? It allowed me to move away from my own heart. And I allowed the Lord to jump in. And now he's on the throne of my life. Amen. And I turn to him for everything now. Everything. And then hope. The third one is the hope. You know, from from turning my experience into something positive through God, which is my foundation. Now I go in to these detoxes, rehabilitation centers that are not faith-based. They're not faith-based at all. And I've been working in since 2017. And they can't rock, walk around and just be like, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus right. for what he did for me. But I'll right. hit I'll hit these adults hard, man. Once uh-huh. I get going, I have anxiety. So I'll be very quiet at first and right. kind of timid. But once I get it, it's milk and honey. You know, right. once I get, and, and people don't know me, but once they hear me, they're like, damn, little G, like I just did 20 years of prison. I haven't, I didn't even hear that. Right. You know, that's why I need to hear that. And I will speak God. Some people Amen. will get up and they will walk away. They're not ready right. for it. But I'm going to keep on it. going. I'm going to keep on going because it worked for me. If you don't have faith in God, have faith in the man that's talking about God and what he has done in his life.
0: Right. And and, and you know what? That's a that's a key point you, you just made. So I'm, I'm going to take it to the scripture uh, uh, in, 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 the, in, in the book of Matthew. What did Jesus tell his disciples when he, when, when he sent them out? He I'm paraphrasing, of course, everyone, but he sent them out to preach and teach the word. Right. And he told them to go into a city and, and, and rely on the people to take care of them and preach and teach the word. And if they don't listen to you, that's all right, because the truth is they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. But he told them, dust your feet off and move on to the next city. Right. And so when we speak the word, it's it's the word that's going to change people anyway. It's it's not really us. It's the God that's in us. That's going to change them when we speak the word to them. And so, man, that is powerful, brother. I, I, I'm i like, like I said, I'm so appreciative of you. Uh, uh, God I can turn it around. God bless you, brother. Joel is what uh, the plan in, in, in Washington, D.C. area. has is, 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 is talking. Amen. Amen. Uh again, we're in that mid Virginia area. I'm in I'm I'm just south of Fredericksburg, Virginia. So I know you know where I'm at. I know you know the area where, All day. where, where I'm at. Yes. But born but born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, right? And so um I'm gonna share a little bit about me, you know. I, I, I did not what watch this. A lot of people say well, I well, I didn't abuse alcohol or this and that because I wasn't an addict. But I was. I only drank on the weekends after work when i got paid or something like that but it didn't matter the point was i was an addict because i was looking forward to it you see what i'm saying just because i wasn't homeless or just because i wasn't uh, uh strung out if you want to use that term it doesn't mean i wasn't an addict it doesn't mean that it wasn't something and guess what just like you said earlier it was my choice i knew right from wrong but i chose to drink right i didn't i didn't smoke anything you know i smoked cigars at one time but uh it it was a choice but i I will tell you this god doesn't take everything away from us all right there are certain things that he will come in and 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 deliver you from immediately and then there are other things that will linger around because if god made you perfect you wouldn't need him anymore right now right and so i can recall that When I got saved, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the taste of alcohol left my mouth immediately, immediately. But here's the thing. There's other things in my life that I still got to deal with. Mm -hmm. Right. And until like you said, until we go see the king, there's always going to be something in our lives, which is why we need the word of God to help us and sustain us and keep us so that we don't fall victim again to Satan's prey because he's coming. Mm -hmm. Every time you speak the name of Jesus, oh, glory to God. Every time you speak the name of Jesus, the enemy is coming. He's coming. So be prepared for it. Tomorrow, somebody going to say something to you silly at work? It's coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming, brother. It's coming. And so, uh, again, for everybody that just joined us, I I know we got some some new people that joined us. We are talking with uh, Brother Joe. I'm going to show you here uh, brother Joe is recovery is possible and we are talking to him about his life we're talking about uh him recovering from drug addiction depression PTSD and some other things and so uh this young man uh I'm saying young as though I'm so much older than you I'm not that much older than you brother I appreciate it keep on going we're good Amen. (laughs) But this young man has done something amazing right um And when I say amazing, and this is what I mean by amazing brother, watch this man, because um, we have to allow God to work in us. And so you are allowing God to work in you, right? Because even when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, people don't think you can but you can supersede the holy ghost doesn't reach a hand out and grab you and tell you don't go over there don't touch that woman don't drink that bottle the holy ghost don't do that the holy ghost convicts us and letting us know that you know you shouldn't be doing that but we have choice god made us with free choice and free will to do what we want to do so the fact that you and i together are walking this path with christ is a testimony not only to God, but to ourselves That we are allowing God to work in us And so as we move forward Brother um, How is your Relationship with your children today Is it is, is that Still in a recovery Process
1: So it went from no relationship
2: Because
1: mm. I chose the lifestyle Over my daughter and her mom And eventually my wife and my two sons. Mm-hmm. I have four sons now, got five children that I know about and I'm grateful for. But then I'm present. I left the Salvation Army very speculative, guarded, afraid to be a dad because I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to look a boss in the eyes, straight in the eyes. I didn't know how to look my parents in the eyes. I didn't, my wife didn't know me. She never knew me. I had been an addict the entire time. Through Northern VA and Prince William County, all the way through the Shreveport, Louisiana, to Arizona. Right. And once I was in the Salvation Army, and I had tapped out of life, per se, on on that lifestyle, Mm -hmm. gave my life to the Lord, she came in with my sons, which I wasn't ever supposed to see them, in there the first two months. Right. When somebody allowed me to see them another brother in christ and she 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 felt the spirit She seen the change she knew it she knew it so when i went home we had two more sons mm. and i'm here today a reliable honest dad i tell him you know i'm not perfect there's no hey, book that i've ever read that says i'm gonna be the perfect dad that i'm not gonna snap on you when y'all don't listen right you know that me and your mama is not gonna argue sometimes we're gonna yeah. argue Mm -hmm. And I apologize for it, you know, for my daughter, I wasn't in her life really ever. Right. She was born in 99. I turned myself in for the jewelry store thing in Manassas, Virginia, and in Lake Ridge, Virginia. Got locked up in Manassas, got out. My daughter and her mom were waiting for me without me knowing they were going to wait for me. And then I took off again into that lifestyle and never returned. Wow. So I flew to D.C. in 2017 with my wife, my four sons, and it was the most special time in my entire life being in right outside D.C. in Springfield, Virginia, to have all five of my children together at the same time. Wow. And all I could do is be the best man that I can be amen if i could keep going to the word of god every day and i am going to put a name out there for somebody that i'm around that is uh a god-fearing man his name is john bacon Mm. he's a pastor out here that's my that's my brother right that's my brother and and we talk about god all day i go to him for my thoughts i got sick thoughts all day long there's a war zone going on in my head amen so i turn to john i let him know like yo i'm having crazy thoughts right now Right. It's just me going to the Lord and saying, look, take this from me. Give me some restraint today. I need some restraint to not snap on somebody that's talking to me sideways. Give me some restraint when somebody walks past me and I don't want to look too long. You know, it's all day long. It'll never stop. But to answer your question, I'm putting food on the table. Right. I'm putting food on the table. I'm clocking out of work and I'm going straight home. Right. I'm going straight home. You know, it's it's a blessing man it's a miracle
0: amen it's a miracle amen uh god bless you uh bishop davis out in brooklyn new york man let me tell you something about this man right here in the middle of our conversation this man right here bishop davis uh when i tell you he's a supporter of building bridges this man is a supporter him and his wife uh i love him dearly you know and uh thank you for always uh tuning in and having a word, you know, cause we need people like that. We need people that we can call on. Right. And even though he's not my pastor, he is my brother in Christ. Amen. And so, uh, we often find each other on the phone, uh, texting each other and whatnot. As a matter of fact, him and his wife, Davis custom tees are the ones that made my, my t-shirt. So God, nice. so God bless them. Amen. Amen. Um, as we move a little bit further, my brother, uh, so talk to me about how your book came to be. When did that start? And, and how long was the journey in the process?
1: I was working at a car wash in 2013 when I got out of the Salvation Army. I went from being a chef at the Ritz Carlton to getting clean, giving my life to Christ, and then getting paid seven ninety dollars an hour as a husband and a father. 790 an hour but i was grateful for that 790 an hour because i wasn't out begging for food at a church at 107 pounds on methamphetamine Mm. i I forgot your question man i went on a little bunny trail right there
0: that's all right brother that that is all right man listen man (laughs) <laughs> listen, God listen, you do what you need to do and and, and, and God's gonna be there for both of us. But the Amen. question was the, the the question was uh about your book and how did the book come into uh fruition? What was the plan? What was that journey like when you were writing
1: the book? So I went from the car wash to working at a psych hospital where I used to be a patient at. Mm. They'll throw me in there in handcuffs. And I didn't want to be in there two and a half years later. I'm an advocate getting paid to go back in there to share my testimony to let other people know that there is hope. And I had to get a fingerprint clearance card to stay at that job. So what happened was I had all of my charges from Northern Virginia and across the country And I had to write a summary for the governor's office to make sure that I didn't have certain charges on there to be around children and vulnerable adults. And I'm not educated. I didn't care about academics when I was in high school, Northern Virginia. So I got my my mother-in-law's laptop. I had all my charges spread out on the dinner table, on the dining room table. I started writing little stories about my charges, stolen car, jewelry store, domestic violence, DUI hit and run paraphernalia drugs and I started writing these little summaries and they I read them and they were written very well right then I'm doing my 12 steps I'm doing my soul searching with the brother in Christ at the Salvation Army and I'm going through my entire life of resentments and people that I was angered by and why was I angered at myself for so long? And what am I willing to do about it? And am I willing to have some acceptance for the things I've done? Right. Once I did that, I was like, it's a wrap. I wrote 20 pages in one month about my life in Europe when I was a kid. I put it down for about six months. I got two jobs. And then I picked it back up and it was a six year process of writing and then I started sending it out to like the big five publishing companies and they wouldn't even give me a chance.
0: They're like, right. you don't
1: know anybody. This is unsolicited. You need to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody in Hollywood or New York or anywhere like that. And it just got rejected, 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 rejected. So I, I just went through this process of being denied all the time, being rejected all the time. Go to church, ask God for for strength. Not to get too down on myself because I go through that that the season of doubt, I call it. So I went through that season of doubt. And then I sent it to eight different publishing companies that will help you out. And they all wanted it because they actually opened it. Right. From beginning to end. And they're like, wow. So then they're reaching out to me all the time. Like, yo, we want to we want to publish this book for you. Let's do this partnership. Come on, man. Let's do it. So I talked to a retired NBA player that I was working with out here in Tucson. And he was like, look, man, he was like, when I was getting old and I was sitting at home and I'm still running on the treadmill and I thought somebody was going to call me in into late in the season and nobody right. called me. So I'm still running on the treadmill and then, and then, uh, nobody called me again for another two weeks. That's when we turn to God. Right. Say, said, just get me through this moment. Because if it does happen, let me be prepared and ready for it. Right. Somebody would call him to get on there and be a 12th man on the bench during the playoffs. Right. You know, so I I listened to him. He helped me get through that. And my brother, John, he helped me get through that as well. He was with me for four of the last six years writing this book. I would tell him all the pain. I I I like to call it the, the behind the scenes stuff. Right. The depression the anxiety mm. the tears the sweat all that stuff that people don't see when i'm on all these shows now right you know they see me at these rehabs like you the man how are you even coming out of your mouth like that where did that even come from right. those have been my thoughts my entire life and you just spoke them in the first five minutes i spoke i, I met you i said there's a lot of struggling within that but that's why mm. i need god to be the forefront the cornerstone of all things in my life Absolutely. Because if I don't, self-will will jump in immediately and I won't be here talking to anybody.
0: Absolutely, brother. And I, I definitely want to share with the people at home. Um, first off, you know, the comments have been incredible. The people watching have been incredible. Um, uh, Evangelist Bland, let me read what she said to you. She said she had to check out and go to another conversation, but she enjoyed you, brother. And then she told me to just keep the Well, she told you to keep the faith. And then for Amen. me to just keep building bridges. And that's my plan. So God bless her thank you um but but i definitely want to share with the people uh your book right and i just want to show it up here it is called the book of joel cunning baffling and powerful and everybody y'all can go out and get it on amazon.com i'm gonna leave it up here for a second because i want people to see this and, and and understand it um can you give us a quick synopsis of what they're going to read when they read this book. I I know we talked about your life right now, but is there anything that we didn't talk about um,
1: that's in the book
0: that they can look forward to?
1: There's some moments in my life where there's paranormal experiences, even as a child, way before I got involved with cocaine and crack and everything else. Death, a lot of death. Mm. How I dealt with that death, how I dealt with rejection, How I dealt with life itself, how I dealt with rage, being a nice, calm person, always being around for everybody, opening the doors. But then when somebody irritates me, immediately snapping, going, blacking out, becoming extremely violent, how I dealt with that. So the first 17 chapters are my experience with my my parents, you know, and how I transitioned away from my parents. I'm a runaway.
2: Right.
1: Father worked at the Pentagon. Mother worked at a bank in Northern Virginia. Mm. And me just transitioning into a very, very, very violent lifestyle that I chose to become. When people right. said, look, we don't, I don't, we don't even want you around here, but I was tenacious. So I continued to do it anyway. And there's also moments where we get the butterflies, right? Right. People call it the butterflies. I believe it is the Holy Spirit. It's there's angels around us tapping into our insides. And we feel that we're like, woo, what is that? We call it the butterflies. What's the spirit telling me not to go open that door. Turning around and looking on the news, and there's three people dead in a bathtub in the same place that I was about to go play dominoes at. Wow. Like that. Turn around, don't go. Go back to the condo with your girlfriend in Occoquan in, in Virginia. You know, and it's on the news. Like I was about to go through that door. Right. So, all these scenarios, you know, me reaching out to a doorbell to see my daughter and her mom when I'd been gone vacant for so long and nobody was home. I wasn't meant to be like I thought I did. So I'm talking to God, even while being an addict to crack cocaine. Right. And then going back to Noakesville, Virginia and getting kidnapped that night. Jesus. And then just keep going and going, getting having a stroke at a go-go, you know, in Northern Virginia. And just everything that happened to me, getting almost beat to death in D.C. at the Icebox at a Northeast Groovers concert. Hmm. But I signed up for that life. And then there was good spirits in my life. That I knew were good right? And I felt it It's just all these situations That that baffled me in my life And until I was able to have some acceptance That I can't play God And and live And and pass away in a peaceful manner In a serene manner I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to To give it all to God man Everything 100% Amen
0: Amen listen to the folks out there watching right now i'm just going to ask y'all to give this brother joel some love right now i want to see some hearts i want to see some thumbs up y'all just put them out there man just put them out there for this for this man uh, uh telling us his story telling us his testimony and the one thing i do want to uh make sure that we cover and that we understand is that um i know you know this but if nobody told you brother your testimony is not even for you the Those that don't believe, those that need encouragement, those that thank y'all for the love, uh, those that need encouragement, those that are are in a place right now that need to hear someone else speak and say, hey, if he can make it through that, I can make it through what I'm dealing with. Because what I'm dealing with, to be honest, right, when you hear a story like yours, people can sit around and go, you know what, my story ain't that bad. You know, I'm not where he was but he made it out. God still made a way. And see, one thing about God is what God does, he's always waiting on us. And so anybody out here tonight that's watching, God is waiting on you. He never left you. His word told us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He hasn't left you, but what he has allowed things in your life to happen is because you don't or you haven't completely submitted to him. So he's allowing you to do what you want to do. But when you realize that it's him that you need he's going to be standing there with, a, with his arms open wide waiting mm-hmm. for you to just come back to him all right oh um, man you, you have a sister out here Cecilia Moore she said hey Joe sing it, <laughs> sing, yes, it brother. Man. sing it yeah. amen 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 people out here loving you brother and I, and, and I appreciate that everybody that's watching him uh, hopefully y'all out there also sharing sharing this because even if they don't catch it from the beginning they can catch it later on so share this video please um love it like it share it uh get his brother some love uh my brother eugene nelson much respect to you sir we gonna we gonna we gonna talk in the future sir amen thank you uh uh sister waller lord has given you a mighty testimony keep on brother thank you amen amen god be the glory you know I'm, i'm i'm loving this because uh you know, we talked prior to to going live, right, about being authentic, right, and not having anything scripted, and a conversation like this doesn't need to be scripted, it it, it needs to be authentic, it needs to just be from the heart, right, and so I appreciate that, I'm gonna put your book back up here again, brother, um, I appreciate it, tell the people, people, man, where they can get your book at, man, and tell the people the name of
1: the book, let's just 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 plug your book, brother, plug your book, so the Book of Joel, Cunning, Baffling, and Powerful. If you Google that, you could get it anywhere. Barnes and Nobles, iTunes, Google Play, Fulton Books on the back of that. back cover right there. They're out of Pennsylvania. You could get it there. Target, Walmart, anywhere. If you just put it on Google and then also, of course, Amazon. I do have the ebook out. There's a hard copy, paperback copy, and I got a brother from the Washington D.C. the DMV area, Northern Virginia. He's recording my audio book right now, and he's going to finish up up to chapter 18, and then we're going to get 19, 20, and 21 done, and it's going to be a wrap. I will let everybody know when that is out, and awesome. that, I'm very excited about that. That's that's a big one because a lot of people don't have the patience to read. A lot of people, their eyes won't allow them to read. Right. So for them to put this in their headphones while they're on a plane or while, you know, in their vehicle while they're driving, like this is going to be a huge, huge pickup right here. So I will let everybody know on my social media sites when that comes out. Thank you.
0: Awesome, man. Appreciate you, brother.